Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Case Watch deals with content meant for a mature audience. Listener discretion is advised. Case Confirming the body found in Grand Teton National Park is Gabby Petito, and she was killed. We, the jury, in the above entitled action, find the defendant, Orenthal James Simpson, not guilty of the crime of murder. Late today, Chris Watts was officially charged with the murders of his wife and his two young girls. Remember these words. If it doesn't fit, you must acquit. Hey, Crime Creeps, it's your pal Mark. And I'm Charity. And welcome back to the Case Watch Podcast. Follow the show on social media, Facebook and Instagram, Case Watch Podcast. We're over on Twitter at Case Watch Pod. Follow me on Instagram at NotMarkB. Follow Charity at Charity underscore Case Watch. Visit our website for links to all of our merch and stickers. Plus, you can join the exclusive Crime Creep Club by clicking the Buy Us a Coffee tab. All this and more over at www.casewatchpodcast.com. .com. I used to love that commercial. <laughs> Com. I like when you say dot com. What was that one that would go dot com? Oh, what was that oh, one? Oh, it's driving me nuts now, but I used to love that one too. Yes, I'm, a, I'm more of a commercial guy yeah. than I am an actual TV show guy. Really? Oh my God. I watched two shows in all honesty to all of our creeps. I watched two TV shows, Gold Rush and Better Call Saul. Those are those are the two shows that I watch, but commercials are my jam. Really? You you don't have commercials that you look forward to? Honestly, I don't really watch much TV per se. I like to watch Netflix. I like to go on YouTube. I like to listen to podcasts, so I really don't do a lot. My favorite one at the moment has got tag team. French vanilla, Rocky Road, chocolate, peanut butter, cookie oh dough. Oh, my Scoop. God. Yes. There it is. Yes. I cannot like run around the living room and sing that every time it comes on. I can picture you like frolicking. It comes on TV and Kristen gets so mad. She's just like, oh my God, please no. I know what is you're she, going to do. Is she like, put yourself away? She's I like, can't stop. deal with this right now. Please stop now. <laughs> but I can't. It's like, it's, it's one of the things that brings me joy. And it's pretty sad that I get as excited about that. But no way. what can I do? No. I can't help myself. Can't help myself. 
I love singing stupid TV songs and nothing else. Guys, do you think Mark should put out an album? <laughs> God help us if I do. All right, uh, Charity, before we get into Triple D, we've got a little bit of a case update here. Okay. The search for a fugitive sought for over 16 years on charges of child molestation in San Diego County was found dead in South Carolina, where he had been living under an alias the U.S. Marshals announced Friday. Wow. Oh, my gosh. Frederick Cecil McLean had been on the agency's most wanted list since 2006, a year after he disappeared. He spent the last 15 years living outside a small South Carolina town where people knew him as James Fitzgerald. Wow. What a random name. Yeah, it's and how he was able to be not found or nobody would recognize him. Or I mean, well, look at Whitey Bulger, so I should just stop talking. Oh, yeah, Whitey Bulger. I can't wait to cover that on the other podcast. On the other podcast, guys. We'll tell you a little bit more about that later. All right. Sorry. I didn't mean to force you to digress. On. (laughs) I digress. I I digress. (laughs) This is what I do to Mark, guys. She does this. He's fine, though. He looks like he's right back in it. I'm a seasoned news guy over here. I can go from laughing to absolutely serious. Ready? Let's try this. On November 6th, a neighbor stopped to check on Fitzgerald. No, I can't wow. say it like that. On November 6th, a neighbor stopped to check on Fitzgerald after he had not been seen for several weeks. The neighbor found the decomposing body of Fitzgerald inside the home. Yuck. Fingerprints taken during the autopsy revealed Fitzgerald's true identity as McLean. Foul play is not suspected in his death. We hope that McLean's death brings some sort of closure to the victims and their families, especially knowing he can no longer hurt another child, U.S. Marshal said. They went on to say that McLean had gained access to his victims through people he met at church where he was actively involved. Gross. Gross. That's a double gross. A gross. Disgusting. Ew. Yes, I, I agree with you 100%. One victim estimated that McLean had molested her more than 100 times. Oh, my gosh. And it started when she was five years old no. and continuing for seven years. No. Oh my! How much relief does that victim probably have that knowing he is not going to do that to anybody else? It's absolutely unbelievable oh that gosh. people like this exist in this world. Oh. The investigation into those accusations led to seven more victims coming forward. Seven? Seven. Oh, my gosh. The North County Times reported in 2006 that authorities suspected McLean might have assaulted children over the course of more than 20 years in communities throughout the North Country in southwest Riverside County, where he'd lived. In May 2004, family members of one of his accusers actually confronted McLean with allegations of molestation. And get this, Charity, McLean actually admitted that they were true. Are you kidding me? Nope. Nope, admitted they were true. According to the agency, McLean vanished four months later, leaving behind his pickup, cell phone, and letters to his family when he took off. What a loser. Oh, absolute scumbag. McLean, who was a mechanic by trade, owned a business restoring and selling old race cars and had at least $100,000 in cash. In 2006, he was placed on the 15 most wanted list. Six years later, authorities thought that he may have been hiding in Oregon, but nothing actually came of it. Really? So here's an ending now. 15 years later, a lot of these victims now get their closure. Yeah. I mean... (sighs) To be able to, at least to know that you're the person that hurt you so badly in this way can never do it again to you or anyone else is definitely a good thing. And um, did it say, Mark? It didn't say anything about how he died yet? Nothing. It did not really... say how he had died yet. Okay. I'm assuming that will be out in a release I'm soon. Sure. I, I would imagine that would be public knowledge at some point. So. I'm sure. But like I said, at least these people actually get some closure now, though. It's kind of interesting, Mark, because the the case that I have, it's not even really a case. It's kind of, it's a subject matter 
due to a case that you and I are going to have a discussion about has to do with child molestation. It's definitely a subject that needs to be discussed because it is something that happens in this society. So let's gracefully try to do this as respectfully as possible without getting too gory or gross. But yes, absolutely. It is a subject that needs to be covered and have more attention brought to it. I agree. But there's a way to go about it. And we're going to try to do it the best we can. All right, Charity, please tell me that we have some Triple D. It is the one thing that brings me a little bit of joy every week that I look forward to. Of course I have some Triple D, Mark. Guys, Charity and Triple D, take it away. All right. Here's our first one. In April 2012, convicted robber James Tyndall violated the conditions of a plea deal he made by quitting rehab and leaving the state of Oregon. Not satisfied with simply being on the run, however, Trindall took to social media to brag about it, Mark. So Tyndall posted nasty messages on the pages of his probation officer and the judge who sentenced him, bragging about being the one who got away. On April 20th, he even wrote, fresh out of another state, catch me if you can can. What a dope. I hope they did. What a dope. That didn't prove to be difficult as one of Tyndall's typical follow-up messages declared, I'm in Alabama. He also posted a sonogram <laughs> of his unborn son that included the name of the Alabama County General Hospital where it was taken. In early May, cops caught up with Tyndall and flew him back to Oregon where he was sentenced to to two and a half years in prison. What a dumbass. This guy is a dumbass. Charity, breaking news. Just to show people, Melissa, yes, we're so happy that you love the podcast. We're actually recording and we just got a comment that she loves it. Oh my God, it's so awesome. I'm going to respond to her here on air. I love this. Melissa, thank you for listening to the show. Thank you, Melissa. And Walter. Walter says that your shirt is beautiful. Oh, awesome. Thanks, Walter. I love it. Well, you got to love that. Charity, I need another. Here's another, Mark. This happened back in 1985. Dennis Newton was on trial for robbing a convenience store. While he was defending himself, claiming to be innocent, he got angry with the store manager who identified him as the robber. Not being able to control his temper, he jumped up and screamed, I should have blown your bleep, 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 head off. After that, he tried to correct himself by saying, well, if I had been the one that was there. This is how criminals defended themselves back in the 1980s. Wow. That's awesome. I I love stupid people. I love how angry he got the guy. These people are ridiculous. They really are. Charity, you have another. Let's finish this off. Okie dokie. So, Mark, police didn't struggle finding Mac Yearwood in Florida, who was wanted in connection with an assault in 2016. After proudly uploading his wanted picture as his Facebook profile picture, (laughs) one of his friends commented, Nice mugshot, to which replied, thanks, buddy. (laughs) Cops used this Facebook to track him down and was soon arrested. The Stewart Police Department later wrote on Facebook, Facebook is a great way to communicate and connect with old friends and family. If you are wanted by the police, it's probably not a good idea to use the wanted of the week poster of yourself as your profile picture. It's like the dude on one of the other ones who didn't like the mugshot. That was on the, oh, yeah. the police, I love that face, one. police Facebook page. So he sent a selfie in. <laughs> look at me. Look, look at, at me. me. I look so much better in this selfie. And look, it shows the location where I'm located. This guy literally, it was his actual picture. I love this. Who I does absolutely, that? I love this. And then he says, thanks, buddy. Well, there was two cases that people that just did that right there that yep. we've reported so on. I guess we know who does it. Oh, my God. That is hilarious. Awesome. All right, guys, we're going to do things a little bit differently today. Charity and I have kind of dropped a little hints here and there, and we have announced it on social media. We have a brand new podcast that we are getting ready to put out. Guys, 
It's called Secrets, Lies, and Alibis. I'm so excited about this one. It is still true crime, but it's going to allow us to go into a lot more stuff. We're going to be going basically true crime, paranormal, mob, anything. It's going to allow us- Conspiracy theories. Yeah. We're going to talk about whatever. And it's going to be more like discussion. We're going to discuss about it. You guys can can send us stuff that you want us to talk about and your opinions, opinions. Uh, opinions? Why, opinions? Why can we not say opinions without doing that every time? I don't know because I did it once and now I just I hear opinions in my head when I say it. I, I it's do that probably... to people randomly in my real life no, now. They look don't. at me funny. They're like- <gasps> That's what awesome. What is wrong with this dude? Oh, I, ho- I hope some people out there do it too, because that would make my day. My opinion? <laughs> opinion. All right, so we have a shorter case for today. We do. And we're going to tack on a sneak peek of our brand new show at the end after the episode. Mark, you mean like a snippet? There'll be a... No, Charity, it's going to be longer than a snippet. Okay. We're going to give the people 10, 15 minutes of it. Okay. Love it. And make sure you go subscribe to it. It's available where all major podcasts are found. Secrets, lies, and alibis. Love it. Charity, what is our case today, though? So we're going to be talking about Jason Vukovic. He is known, Mark, as the Alaskan Avenger. Huh. So this brings up a good question, right? Taking things into your own hands. This is exactly what Jason did, and he thought he was actually doing good. Well, let me hear the case, and I'll decide. Almost like a superhero. I know. As soon as you said the Alaskan Avenger, I was just thinking of all of the different Avenger characters, and I was like, I don't remember that This one. is the Alaskan one. All right. Well, let's hear, what, let's hear his superpowers. Apparently, Jason was unfortunately sexually abused as a child, and he didn't want anyone else to go through what he did, which I think anyone that that would happen to, or anyone that even it has That's honorable. We don't want anybody to have to go through that. Not at all. And in 2016... He would attack three convicted child sex offenders all within five days. During one of these attacks, Jason even said he was an avenging angel, like we had stated. He would later tell the police that these men were targeted because of their listings in the state's sex offender registry. And he actually carried around a notebook mark that he had their names in. Oh, boy. So he just couldn't get past what had happened to him and had so much rage, it sounds like. Now, mind you, I believe these men were all 100% complying. You know, like they did time that they had to do and they were complying with the state doing everything they were supposed to do. I don't think they were actively still doing this, but I don't know for a fact. So I'm just going to put that out there. Okay. Wesley Demarest was one of Jason's victims. He was 68 years old at the time and the man that was injured the most severely. He has said, I would prefer it if he wasn't walking around while I'm still alive. He went on to say, I saw suffered a traumatic brain injury during the attack, and I now have trouble forming sentences. He also lost his jaw mark because of the injuries that he had, and it pretty much destroyed his life. So he then says he got what he wanted, I guess. So this is this is the victim that he that he really effed up the most because... All right, Charity, I have thoughts. Yeah. Now, because I don't know what this gentleman's charge was, which makes it hard mm-hmm. for me to really comment. I agree, and I tried... Because to- there are different levels. I mean, you could have been caught peeing in a playground. Right. It did It did say that they were child sex offenders. So I don't know. <sighs> and I think in each state or country, that means something different. Yes. So I'm, I, I understand what you're saying. And I tried to find more information. And I really, I, I had a really hard time finding more information on these three men. I'm just assuming that the, the children who are involved in this, in his case probably wish that what happened to them didn't happen as well. I'm sure. Maybe that's what I'll leave it at. Yes. 
Because it's very hard for me to not comment further. Right. So let's continue on then. Jason agreed to a plea of guilty and was sentenced to 28 years in prison in 2018. It was said that all three of the attacks on the men were vicious and brutal. All the attacks were similar. He would arrive at their homes and take them down somehow. And then he would steal from them. As we just heard, the third attack was the worst of them all. I mean, he's already proven that these were 100% premeditated because he had them all written down in his notebook. Yes, he did. I am so don't know what to think on this. Yeah. This let, has got a lot of talking points. So yeah. Let's continue on a little bit. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Apparently, from his accounts, Jason's father sexually abused him as a child. He said, my parents were both devout Christians and had us at all the services, uh, two or three of them a week. So you can imagine the horror and confusion I experienced when the man who adopted me started using late night, quote unquote, prayer sessions to abuse me. Now, that is really sad. I really feel for him that he went through this. I do, too. I do. He claims that since then, he had ever increased emotional problems, which led him to want to commit violent acts. So... I can understand, Mark, why he had emotional problems due to this abuse. That's a very understandable situation. Yeah, I 100% kind of can't say that I don't agree. But that said, a lot of people, unfortunately, have been through such horrible things and have not committed violent acts. I get that what he did is wrong. Like, I get 100% what he did to these people is wrong. I'm going to start by saying that. Right. But you also have to remember that he had had this done himself. Yep. And the pain that he must have felt having this done like i get it i'm not saying what he did was right but i'm all i'm basically saying is i get it right i I don't know how else to say it other than that right i feel i feel bad well it's interesting you just said that so let me read on about something else jason has a very large group of followers even eighty thousand followers on his instagram Oh, wow. Yep. All these people want him to be freed. Angela Tristan is the head of the group, says she identifies herself as his sister. There are T-shirts being sold and a petition of his freedom that already has 21,000 signatures. Angela says that her, quote, brother should be released because his actions were a product of a post-traumatic stress disorder. In a letter Jason wrote in 2017, he does say there is no place for vigilante justice in an orderly society. Charity, that brings up such a larger subject here. Do you remember that guy who shot his son's karate teacher who had molested him. I I read something about it, but I really don't know too much about the case. And there's so many other cases of vigilante justice that have happened throughout the years. I honestly think we really should do a whole vigilante episode. I think so, or definitely do- Or series of them. Series of them. Do you remember that this is the problem with the vigilante, right? So do you remember the whole Jenny Jones murder? I do. So basically- 
it went similar from from what I recall that uh, a friend brought this other fellow on the show and the guy that brought him on the show was gay and he wanted to let this guy know that he was very attracted to him and wanted to know if he wanted to go on a date with him while that man who he wanted to go on the date with got so embarrassed from him doing that on the show that he killed him. Yeah, so the stuff, I'm very familiar with this case. I've actually done a lot of research on this one over the years. Yeah. And one of the things that they don't say is that the the gentleman actually had pursued a relationship with the other gentleman off air in real life and had been told that he was not interested, oh. that he was just friends with him. He just wanted to be friends. And when the Jenny Jones executives actually approached him, he had stated very clearly, I would love to come on the show. I want to make sure that this is not why. Okay. And he, they said, no, nope, that's not it. This is a woman. Because I and, remember there was a big investigation. Oh, into absolutely. That show. Yeah. And they lied to him and basically poured gasoline onto this fire. Mm, not good. No, but there's a lot from the killdozer incident, and there's so many cases. What is the killdozer incident? Where the guy had taken a bulldozer and basically turned it into a tank to <gasps> avenge people in town. Oh, my God. There's there's a lot of cases, I think. Maybe we'll start getting into some of those, because those not? are so interesting. Yeah. All right, guys. So thank you for joining us for this episode. We are going to now let you get a sneak peek. Or snippet, as Charity said. A little snippet. Of our brand new show, Secrets, Lies, and Alibis. Enjoy, guys. Enjoy. Now, I don't know about you, but our minds never shut off. Charity and I are what you would call overthinkers. Did we really land on the moon? What was with Jim Jones and his Kool-Aid? Do Bigfoots really exist? What's really happening at Area 51? So what's the deal with the grassy knoll? How did Whitey Bulger hide in plain sight for 16 years? No matter what the subject, we find ourselves constantly asking who, what, or why. And we don't stop until we figure it out. So we ask you to join us on this discovery to find the truths behind all of your favorite mysteries, conspiracy theories, or whatever else has left you aimlessly scrolling Wikipedia at 3 a.m. This is Secrets, Lies, and Alibis. Well, hello, guys. I don't know how to quite enter into this podcast. This, this is episode one. I know. Of Secrets, Lies, and Alibis. I'm Mark. And I'm Charity. You guys know us from Case Watch Podcast. This is our little side venture now that we're going to start doing because I want the chance to talk about more cases other than just true crime. We can get into mob cases. We can get into paranormal activity. The outlook for the show is infinite. Like we can talk about anything. So anything. I'm so excited that we are going to launch today. Charity, what are we going to talk about on episode number one? Okay, so this this is not going to be a super long one, but it's going to be a fun one, I hope. We're going to be talking about if the Poltergeist trilogy is cursed. I'm excited. I'm excited too. I've heard so much about this stuff over the years, so it's going to be cool to actually talk about it. Sure is. So there were three Poltergeist films, Mark. The first was released in 1982, and then Poltergeist 2 was released in 1986, and then Poltergeist 3 was released in 1988. These movies freaked me the F out. See, really just only the first one kind of freaked me out a little bit. The other two, I don't know. Sometimes when there's a trilogy and they make more, I don't know, it loses its like 
stab. <laughs> you know what I mean? It, it does. I mean, when, once you get was, to like Fast and Furious 87, like, oh my God. at some point it's like, come on guys, let's stop. How many more of those can they make? Oh, I bet they'll keep going forever. I just can't. Part of the reason that many believe that these movies were cursed is because there were more than one strange death of cast members. Oh yeah, so even one would be strange. So and yeah, I know li- there's a lot that yeah, are involved in it's this. very interesting. All I can think of when I see Poltergeist though is that movie poster where she is sitting in front of the TV with the oh, hands on it. Yes. Like it made me as a child. Yes. Because back then, all right guys, so back in the 80s, we had what were called console TVs that would sit on the floor and they looked like big pieces of furniture. Yep. And that's what is in this picture and I would n- I would not go anywhere near the TV. I would not get close to it. It freaked me the F out. And that little girl did such an amazing job. Absolutely She was amazing. She played that part so well. So well. Many have speculated that during the making of these films, actual evil spirits may have been brought to the surface of the universe and could be the cause of these strange cast deaths. Okay. So people are reaching in. They're saying there's got to be there's got to be some force like, why would there be so many weird things? I, I can agree with that. Yeah. I mean, there's I don't things know. to this day that I will never do. And I mentioned this on Case Watch before. I will never shut the light off in the bathroom and say Candyman three times or and bloody, turn the light back on. Bloody Mary. Nope. No Bloody Mary. Mm-mm. You will never catch me touching a Ouija board ever. Oh, I did that a I lot as a kid. I am such a wimp. I did. Have you ever done it? No. And I, I, I'm not starting now that I'm in my 40s. Okay. I have a really funny story about a Ouija board. You want to hear it real quick? Not I do. to interrupt I do. My, myself. When I was in middle school, I had a group of friends and the group of friends consisted of me, another friend and a set of twins. And the twins, their mother was a single mother and she worked a lot. So we always would like go hang out at their house because they had to be home doing chores, whatever. So they had a Ouija board. Oh boy. So this happened more than once. Okay. We were over there using the Ouija board, like little mini preteen teenagers, freaking out, asking stupid questions like, oh my God, who am I going to marry? What am I going to be when I grow up? What's your name? And weird crap would happen. The lights would flicker. Something happened. I remember with the dryer, like the dryer door did something weird. (laughs) We freaked out so bad that we Hmm. put it in a metal trash can and burnt it. You guys are awesome. So hold on. We're now in present day and one of the twins is a client of mine. I do her hair and she informed me that it was her sister that made all the noises (laughs) and did all the stuff. And she herself did not find this out until she was an adult. I love her sister. Oh, we, when I, guys, you know how you always say I'm going to pee my pants. Think of little charity really almost peeing her pants. I think little charity peed her pants. She, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and not let you know if that's the case, Mark, because you know. That's private. <laughs> All right. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you guys. That's okay. But. So let's actually get the definition of a poltergeist. It's a ghost or other supernatural being supposedly responsible for physical disturbances, such as loud noises and objects thrown around. Now, with this definition of poltergeist, a poltergeist is not supposed to be evil. It just makes noises and freaks people out because, you know, something might, you might see something fly across the room or stuff like that. But it, the de- in the definition, it does not say evil. But as we know, the Poltergeist movies, the Poltergeist were evil Poltergeist. Very evil and very dangerous. Yeah. I don't even like staying home alone. 
and I'm in my mid forties <laughs> and I'm a home alone this weekend. No, you have the crime kitty. Yeah. Well, she is more of a wimp than I am. Do you guys want to see more of the crime kitty? We've had her on Facebook a couple of times. We have. She's awesome. I think the next live show that we do, we'll, we'll bring her on. <gasps> Definitely. Now that we're in the new studio where she can be. so She can hang out with her daddy. So the original movie that was released in 1982 is still one of the most known horror movies in American cinema. And still won't watch it. What? I will never watch that movie again. What? Nope. How, when was the last time you saw it? I don't know, but I will never watch it again. It was probably in my teenage We're years. watching it. Nope. We're yep. not. We're not. Yep. I'm going to make you I watch can't it. Do it. I can't. Mark, I'm going to make you put your big boy panties on. No. No? No, I don't Come think on. I can do it. All right. I, I'm, I'm I would never, you know what? I would never force you to do something you don't want to do. So I will, will respect your decision. The movie features the Freeling family. This fictional California family's life is blown up by horrific, evil, paranormal events. Carol Ann, the daughter, is taken by some evil ghosts through a kind of portal in her bedroom closet. The king demon, called the Beast, controls all of these other smaller ghosts. Are you remembering some more, Mark? Oh, I remember this. And there were lots of ghosts and... Yes. Oh, I don't know. We find out that the house was actually built on top of a Native American burial ground. This is something nobody wants to hear. No. That your house that you have been living in. Oh, yeah. I, I Yep. I have another little story. Oh, I would. I love charity tidbits. Isn't. Oh. Should that be a segment within this? <laughs> I think that's a segment every show. She already gives tidbits. <laughs> yes. So a friend of mine, she no longer lives in this home, but the home, and I'm not going to say where it was, that she grew up in was a home where lots of footsteps were heard, screams were heard, even muddy footprints were left behind going down a hallway. Yeah. So the family looked into where their house was built and the exact spot where the house was built was a place where there was a horrible plane crash with many, many oh. people died. Yeah. Yeah. See, in my childhood, see, I grew up in a city called Claremont, New Hampshire. Mm -hmm. Shout out to all my Claremont, New Hampshire peeps. You probably maybe one of you that listen. Hey, Claremont. But hey. There was a house that was on the way... Um, to Lebanon that you would pass in Claremont. Okay. And I just remember my whole childhood that there was always the stories of there was no power in the house, but the lights kept coming on throughout the years. Like the lights would be on, weird noises would happen around there. Yep. And they ended up finally just tearing it down, but it's just one of those houses that everybody knew in that area. And I wish I knew what happened there because there was obviously something. It was it was a childhood story that had been told to all of us and everybody in the town knew it. So yeah, I, the, I wish I knew more. The town I grew up in, there was a, a haunted house. They called it. The, it was like a house that was built God knows when. I don't even remember now in like the early 1800s, I think. Yep. And every person who had lived there moved out. There was a fire in it a couple of times. There, it was oh, just boy. like weird stuff. So I bet all of our listeners have heard similar stories. Guys, if you have similar stories, let us know. Reach out to us. Um, we're going to probably just end up using the same email over here, which is just info at casewatchpodcast.com. Yep. We love to hear your interesting stories of places that you lived. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Throughout the entire movie, we watched the family get absolutely terrorized by these demons, physically and mentally, all while they were racing against time to save their little daughter. Okay. Now that we are refreshed about what the movie was about, now let's get into the reasons it may or may not be cursed, Mark. Okay. 
Okay. I personally did not need the refresher because this movie is etched into my brain. Well, I can refresh some more. No, but do you, you want me to talk to... more? No, you can move on. Are you sure? Absolutely. Okay. Just if you want me to go back. No. Nope. Like, okay. No. Nope. Right. No. Nope. You want to go ahead and refresh Blair Witch Project for me too, because that that has never affected me negatively in any way. Yes, you you've been scarred. <laughs> you 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 said you 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 lost your masculinity that night. I, I certainly yeah. did. If people want to hear that story, they can go over to the. The recording of the live we did on Halloween. Yes. The young girl who played Carol Ann was Heather O'Rourke. She was only six years old at the time of the release of the first movie in the series. She was a beautiful little girl that some say looked almost like a little doll. She did look like a little doll. She did. She looked like a beautiful little doll. In 1987, Heather got very sick and was misdiagnosed with Crohn's disease. This is a very dangerous inflammatory bowel disease. In 1988, she got very sick again. She was believed to have the flu and... After they thought or found out she might likely had the flu, she just randomly collapsed. And it was discovered that she went into cardiac arrest. Oh, wow. So sad. After being airlifted to the hospital, a surgery was performed to try and correct a bowel obstruction. Poor Heather wouldn't make it through the surgery alive. The doctors believed that she actually had a congenital intestinal abnormality. In Mark, she was only 12 at the time of her death. And yeah, that's she horrible. was an amazing actress. Like she, To me, she only had so much more to do. Like, oh, yeah. Her future was so bright with more and more movies, I think. Because if you're that good at that young of an age... No, you haven't even gotten into what you're capable of. Exactly. Next, we have Dominic Dunn. She is known for playing the original older sister of Carol Ann. In 1982, Dominic would leave her partner, John Sweeney. John didn't want to be separated from her. And in November, he went to her home where he would plead with her to take him back. Things would escalate when he realized they weren't getting back together. He began choking her until she would fall to the ground unconscious. He would then flee, leaving her to die alone in her own driveway. Listen, what a scumbag. Listen to this. Sweeney was only sentenced to six and a half years, but let out only after three How? years. How is that even possible? I have no idea. I want to look into that. I want to look into that case. That is unbelievable that that can happen. He murdered her with his bare hands. Yeah, I need to look more into this as well because none of that makes sense at all. How is that? Did he try to rule it an accident? That's not, When you strangle somebody, that is not an accident. I don't care. No, no, not at all. Agreed. Choking with your bare hands. We're going to get back to that one at some point, guys. The evil priest in Poltergeist 2 was played by the actor Julian Beck. Julian was diagnosed with stomach cancer in 1983 and sadly lost his battle with this horrible disease and died just shortly after filming was finished. So now we're up to three. Yep. This, yeah, something's up here. Isn't that weird? There's a spirit or there's a something that is just not sitting right with I the I guess universe. it all depends on like how you feel, what you believe. Some people don't believe in, you know, in the afterlife hanging around or being pulled up or some people really do. So I guess it's it all is based on your beliefs, what you think. Whether you believe or not. It's weird. There's something here. Yeah. It's weird. It's weird. And I weren't even aware of some of these. So. Oh, I wasn't either. I was actually, it was really cool, re- like, looking into this. Because I always wanted, because you always heard people say, oh, yeah, do you hear all the, all the people that died oh, yeah. on that cast? So I actually was interested to read what exactly they passed from. Oh, yeah, 100%. Will Sampson was the American shaman in the film, and he actually passed away after having a heart and lung transplant in 1987. This is a whole lot of cast members to pass away. Yes. Maybe there was something sinister going on, or maybe just a horrible coincidence. I mean, it's probably a horrible coincidence, but there's something. Like I said before, it's just weird. Well, listen to this. Here's a couple of strange things that went on during the filming of these movies. Joe Beth Williams... 
she played the mother in the film, or films, I should say. She claimed that the director, Steven Spielberg, insisted on using real human skeletons. Oh, yeah, no. (laughs) Nope. It was said that human skeletons were cheaper than the plastic ones back at that time. These claims have never been proven to be true or not, but it certainly adds to the creepiness of it all. Adds to the creepiness or is creepy? All. All All of the above. above. But listen to this. Okay. After shooting was all done... Will Sampson performed an actual real-life exorcism. He was said to be a real-life American Indian medicine man. No way. Did he do this for a reason? Did he actually believe they all might have been cursed? I'm starting to believe that they all might have been cursed. He literally did a real exorcism of the entire set. Yeah, all set, Charity. You're not going to get me to watch this movie ever again. Come on, Mark. Nope, it's not happening. You know what I kind of want to talk about? What's that? The Wizard of Oz. I love that movie. Actually, Charity, side note, I played a munchkin in a stage production of Wizard of Oz back when I was like 12 years old at the Claremont Opera House. I remember to this day, it was such a fond memory for me. What were your lines? Lines? I don't know. I didn't have lines. I played the little guy that leapfrogged the other guy. This was low budget <laughs> opera house stuff going on here. Was there dancing? There possibly was. What did your I was costume only, look like? There was no costumes. We showed up and we leapfrogged and then we went off stage. <sighs> and they gave me a VHS copy of The Wizard of Oz that I wish I still had to this day, but unfortunately. VHS. Yeah, that was like 30 something years ago, so... Fond memories, though, at least. Fond memories. And there was some quite the conspiracy theories and all kinds of stuff uh, that went on behind the scenes of The Wizard of Oz. I don't know if you remember. I don't know anything about this, so I'm going to have to go on a deep dive. You don't remember them people saying if you watch it closely, you can see somebody hanging in the background in the movie, swinging back and forth? I do not. Okay, you need to look at that. Wasn't there something, wasn't there a song that you could line up with The Wizard of Oz, too? Supposedly. Yeah. There's There's a lot to go on there. Do you know another movie that to this day still freaks me out and there's been so much speculation on? It's nothing related to this. Okay. But Three Men and a Baby. Yes. They have that scene where the camera pans. Yes. And And it picks up. Ghost. What they're saying now is a cardboard cutout. It's a ghost assist. But it says that it's back in the day, it was a ghost of a child who fell out of the window at that set. Yes. That's something to look into also. That is so freaky. And I remember that to this day. I had forgotten about that until just now when you mentioned it. I could never it. forget about that. Wow. A, it was a great movie with a great cast. But that was just like, wow. Wow. I remember watching it over and over and you did see that whatever it was. Yeah, absolutely. I'll actually put a screen grab of what we're talking about into this week's post on this episode. That's awesome. And you will never unsee it. You guys got to watch it for yourself. I've seen it. I just don't remember exactly what it looks like. Do you guys have a cool coincidence or anything that's happened to you in the past? Let us know. Reach out to us. Do you want us to cover a cool case, movies, anything? It doesn't matter. That's why we have this other feed now. We can discuss any case we want to. If you want us to talk about the pyramids. Yeah. I want to talk about secret societies. UFOs. Area 51. I want to talk about Area 51. So bad. So bad. Definitely. Love it. Area 51, Sasquatch. My fave. Oh, I definitely think there's a Bigfoot. There has to be. There is a very large hairy man that just wants to keep doing something. Hi, right over here. (laughs) Very large hairy man. He is not hairy. Listen. I'm fully bearded dude over here. Yeah, okay, he's hairy. So, do you remember Harry and the Hendersons? I love that movie. Oh my God. Guys, me and Mark have so much in common. I love that movie. So funny. That is one of my favorite, and I actually, guys, I cried during that movie when when the family said bye to him. But I was happy he was being reunited, so. 
that was a weird side note. I'm sorry, but I it is. But another movie. side note that got me thinking you were talking about Harry and the Hendersons because I know there's like camping yep. and stuff like that. I'm thinking back into the day of of the great outdoors where they pull up in between the trees and they all go, "We're here, let's get out." And they open the doors and they all can't get out of the car. I love that movie. John I love old movies. Candy, man. That was a sad one, huh? That was. Remember, he tossed a quarter at the teacher in the other movie, and he's like, get that taken off your face. Dude, Uncle Buck. Love that movie. Uncle Buck is hysterical. I mean, we could do a whole thing talking about these movies as well. We really I, could. I, have, I love movies. Mark and I just like to talk. <laughs> Clearly. You, you think? Yeah. All right, guys. Thank you for checking out the first episode of Secrets, Lies, and Alibis. Go ahead and share the show. Let your friends know about it. And we only grow through you guys spreading the word. I thank you so much for checking out the show. And we'll talk to you soon. Bye. See ya. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.